You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Proof of Desire by Bishop Herbert Bailey. Psalms 27. All right. Psalms 27 and verse 4. It's a Psalm of David. It says, One thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And from this one scripture, we're using this thought. This is week four. I want to conclude it tonight of the proof of desire, proof of desire. And the objective of this teaching is to cause us to get off of our do nothing and do something. Because you can keep talking, you can keep dreaming, you can keep casting vision, you can lay out plans, you can have vision boards, you can create uh, what they call white space where you can think, you can, you can do lists and objective and short-term goals and long-term goals and all those things. I know that because, you know, even, you know, these buildings that we built, they take Many times, years of preparation and just designs and planning and all that. And after you do all that, now you got to pull a trigger and do it. Uh, I know of churches. I know of churches who have um, people who who planned something, paid all this money for designs, which can cause thousands, even hundreds of thousands, and then then can never build what they plan to build. Because so I. After you think, after you plan, you got to execute. So when we talk about pursuit, we're talking about executing the vision, the plan, the idea, what God has told you to do. So David says, one thing have I desired and that what I seek after. From that term, seek after, we're saying pursue. What you desire, you have to pursue. What you have desire, you have to pursue. Just desiring something is not going to make it come to you, okay? I know people, y'all, you know, people mixing everything together now and think anything that sounds like a good idea is a God idea. And people talk about the law of attraction, okay? And can I tell you, the law of attraction, what, what you desire will automatically come to you. That is not necessarily true, Okay? And, and sometimes that works in a positive or negative, but that is not necessarily true. You, got, you can, you can, you can uh, desire something that may never come to you if you don't go after it. Are y'all listening to me? So one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. So we're telling you that it's not ideas, it's not plans, it's not dreams that's going to bring manifestation. It's pursuing. And to pursue means to act is the act or action of going after something. Somebody say, go after it. So then we start looking at things that keep us from pursuing. And we came up with four things. Number one, excuses. We saw Moses, when God told him to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go, he started making excuses. I'm not able to speak. I'm slow of speech. And God said to him in Exodus 4.11, who made man's mouth? Who makes the dumb, the deaf, the seeing, the blind? Have not I the Lord? And God's not saying I make people blind. I make people. That's not what he's saying. He's saying whatever limitation you have, I already know about it. I created you. I know all about your limitations. I know the background you came from. I know the abuse you went through. I know your fears. I know your, I know your concerns. I know the things that you haven't told anybody about. 
And God does not need to interview us when he calls us. Let me say that again. God doesn't need to interview you. He just chooses you. He already knows your skills. He knows your abilities. He knows your lack of skill and your lack of ability. And he chooses you and calls you anyway. He doesn't have to interview you because he already knows you. Are y'all hearing me here? So we saw that Moses made excuses. Jeremiah made excuses. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 7. I, I, you know, I'm a child. And God said, before I formed you, I knew you. And I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations, and I sanctified you. So uh, Gideon tried to make excuses, and God tells Gideon, no, go in your might. You have what you need. You're going to slay the Midianites as one man. All these people you think are so great, you'll be able to defeat them just like it was just one little person you're fighting. Stop making excuses if God tells you to do something. Secondly, we said laziness. Laziness keeps us, as I keep saying, keeps you sitting on your do-nothing when you ought to be doing something. And sometimes people say that they're waiting on the Lord. Sometimes you're just lazy. Amen. You ain't waiting on the Lord. You're not waiting for a right opportunity. You're just lazy. You just don't want to do something. Okay? Because it takes effort to pursue. Amen. It, it takes effort to pursue. Okay? It, it, can, it can seem easier to just keep paying the rent that you can afford than to go through, get your credit together. Okay. Then to get those judgments off your credit report. Then to pay off these bills and apply for a mortgage. It can seem easy. Well, I, I got this apartment. I can just keep paying this. It's this $500 a month. That ain't hurting me. Okay. And sometimes it's, it's just being lazy of not wanting to do the work. That's going to get us to the next level. You got to be willing to do the work that's going to take you to the next level. Faith without what is dead? Faith without works is dead. So, so we say laziness can just cause you just to only do what you feel like doing. You can't just do what you feel like doing. I ain't even going to ask y'all again how many of y'all felt like coming to church tonight because y'all going to make me feel real bad. I don't even want to know. Last, year, last week, 99.9% of y'all raised your hand. Okay, but we're here anyway. We, 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 we just say in the old Pentecostal church, when we, 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 we just say we might as, we're here now, so we might as well praise them. Come on, you might as well praise them, whether you want to be here or not. We're here, let's do what we do. And so sometimes you got to do, do what you don't want to do because it's going to yield the results. Okay, we all know that many people, people work for a job for 30, 40, maybe even 50 years. A job that they don't like and don't feel like and don't want to do. Now that, I'll be honest with y'all, I can't, I can't go for that. I can't, and I'll be honest with y'all, I had never seen it as much until I came down south. And maybe it was, it was a whole different mindset because where I came from, if the job ain't working, go, and maybe, maybe because there were more jobs. Maybe because there was more opportunities, but I get it. You know, you come from a small town, everybody work at the mill, everybody work at the factory, and whether you like the job or not, you, that's where people work, and you just work there for 30, 40, 40 years. I just couldn't understand that. I met, I, when I first moved here, I met so many people who had jobs that they were miserable at, Christians. And, and I had to start motivating people, that's not the will of God. When Jesus said, I'll come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, that includes a job that you don't feel like you're toiling for 30, 40 years. 
I know that this is challenging somebody right now. Because, see, if, if that's the background you heard, you just need to go. On. I mean, Tyler Perry tells a story. Again, I didn't read the book. I, I, I listened to it. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of his book right now. But he tells the story. His mother, when, when, he, when he kept trying to do these plays, and then, then, then one he did years ago, it bombed and didn't make any money. I think he borrowed a couple hundred dollars from his mother or something. And she said, I told you, stop this. Now, just go on down there to the phone company and get a job with some benefits. Because all his family, where he from, that's where they worked. They worked at the phone company. Go get the, and he said, he said it broke his heart. that He cried like a baby. Okay. And, and, but she, she meant well. And there's people who are trying to get you to take the path of least resistance. They mean well. But it's not what God calls you to do. We were, I was talking about that. I told you on, on Sunday morning, uh, we did, um, me, and, me and two of my sons, Tyler and uh, Chandler, we did an interview with John Lakin. He, John Lakin, one of our local worship leaders and, and um, um, gospel artists here locally, he has a television show on Sunday mornings at 8.30. If you're not watching, if, if you're either not in church or if you're not streaming with us, perhaps you can see it. It's, it's on Watch Fox called John Lakin and Friends. And so he was interviewing one interviewed me, a couple of my sons, about legacy. And Tyler tells the story. He said, how, he said, how did you manifest, asking my sons, what was your biggest faith move? What, what, what was your biggest faith move? And Chandler talks about when, 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 he, when he started pursuing a college education because he was not qualified for college on so many levels. Okay? And I told him I was not wasting my money to send him to college particularly a, a private school when he had not demonstrated a scholastic ability or even a want to in high school. But God changed all that. I mean, got me, at that, that was a year of change. We got serious about his walk with God, and he told me, the Lord said. Now, how, now all of a sudden, you've been disobedient to every voice of the Lord and me <laughs> just about all your life, but now all of a sudden, the Lord said. The Lord said, I'm going to North Greenville University. I said, well, you better ask the Lord how you're going. Okay? And the Lord opened up the door for him to go to North Greenville University. I don't know if you, many of you heard me, heard me tell a story. Uh, it, the day before, uh, he, he had gotten expelled from high school. He was in a, and he, he tells about it now. He was in an alternative school. And someone at the alternative school saw him, said, you're different than the rest of these kids here. Why are you here? What's your story? Uh, are you planning, you, you, are you going to college? He said, I was going to college. But, and she said, well, no, we're we, we going to get this back on track. And she made calls to two universities. Both of them were Christian schools. One of them is school up there in Due West. What's that school? Uh, um, Erskine. She made calls to Erskine, made calls to North Greenville University. And one day I took, I, uh, I took them to both of them. And we went to Erskine and everybody there, he wanted to be a, he wanted to be a, a religion or theolo- theology major, whatever. And they said, they said, well, all of our students here take, a, a, take Greek for four years. I said, next. <laughs> we, 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 we trying to get the English together. Greek surely going to be a problem. Four years of Greek? No, sir. I, this is not the school. The Lord said North Greenville University. <laughs> the, next, the next, we went, we went to North Greenville University. And there was one man there 
This man's about to retire. This man's about to retire. Well, we didn't know all that. They have one admissions counselor at that time. One admissions counselor at North Greenville University. We met him that day, and he looked at everything. He said, well, he said, he hadn't really shown you can make it through college. He said, but I tell you what, take a couple courses over the summer, uh, either at USC or, or Midlands Tech or somewhere down there, and send those to me, and if, see how you're doing, then, then we'll see. Maybe you can come to college. They called us the day before school started and said he was accepted. I take him there, and the next week the man retires. That's the favor of God when God supernaturally arranges things on me. So anyway, so 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 Chandler talked about that. That was his. He had to believe God to go to college, and then you know, all the rest is history. And then he got a scholarship. I mean, God just really started moving his life. And and Tata tells Tata tells the story about how um, you know I, I was telling him he applied to law firms, and he said he said the Lord telling me to start my own law firm right out right out of law school. I didn't think I didn't think that was the best idea. I didn't, I, didn't under, I didn't understand that. I mean, you know, and I'm saying, no, everything big starts small. You know? And also, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, you know, you don't want the struggles of having to start off and starting to, you know, you're getting ready to get married and, and struggling, starting our own business and all that. And God blessed him and it, and it prospered him. But he, this, I said all that to say this. The Lord had told me that you can't teach faith to your children and then keep them from walking in it. See, you can't teach faith, demonstrate faith, and then not allow your children to operate in faith. You know, like, well, I walk by faith, not by sight, but you walk by sight. <laughs> okay? Because if you teach faith, and, and they all talk about that, they, they talk, and of course, what, what's my greatest one? My, faith, my greatest faith move was to, was to be here in South Carolina and stay here and do nothing else but ministry after I got fired. And Lord told me, do nothing else but ministry. That was, that was, that was and so, but when we say that we have faith, now it's going to require us to do something. Are y'all listening to me? So laziness can cause you to only do what you feel like doing and not doing what you need to do. The third thing we said, pride. Pride makes you think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, so you won't take the, the moves of humility to do something that God said to do because it doesn't look like it's as great as what, as what you're doing. Let's move on today because the fourth one I want to talk about today, fourth and final one, um, point that I want to make that what keeps us many times from pursuing is fear. Now, I could have started off with this, but we all hear this, but uh, fear. Nobody wants, especially a Christian, wants to say I'm scared. But fear. God has not given us what? The spirit of fear. So we see fear is a, is a spirit. And let me say this. You have to learn, j- just like discipline, is something that doesn't just apply in one area of your life. Okay? Discipline, you got to use discipline in your, in your prayer life. Discipline in coming to church. Discipline in going to work. Discipline in saying no to the chocolate cake. Discipline in not just drinking soda. Discipline. Discipline is something that has to be applied in every area of your life. You can't departmentalize discipline. You follow me? It has to go in everywhere. Well, fear, you can't departmentalize fear. 
And, and I'm saying this to some of you who are watching me uh, right now, even in the midst of this pandemic. That you're so scared to come out of your house. And you can't departmentalize that. Okay? Before you know that spirit of fear will have you scared in your house. You think you're seeing stuff and hearing things. Scared to, scared to go out and scared to be in the house. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be prudent, but you got to take authority over the spirit of fear because it will take over your life. It'll take over your life. And so God can have great plans for us, but he needs us to arise and pursue knowing that he's with us to push past fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing things scared. Courage is being fear is having is being scared and say I'm going to push past it. Courage, here we go, is pushing past and pushing through the spirit of fear. Courage push past that spirit of fear. So that spirit of fear will try to stop you, contain you, put a wall up, say, don't you go any further. Don't you do that. Don't, don't, don't you try to uh, have any more. Don't, don't you move beyond. Don't you cross this line. Courage says, I'm going to cross that line. Courage says, I'm going to push through that. And you cannot defeat any enemy that you won't face. You cannot defeat any enemy that you, that you won't face. And I told you all so many years ago, the reason why I preach and teach about so much about finances and biblical economics, and you can call it economic prosperity, those, because it's an area I had to conquer in my life. And one of the things that the Lord told me, if I was going to dominate in my finances, he told me years ago, he gave me the scripture, he said, you shall chase your enemies. You, and, and finances and bad credit was chasing me. It chased me from New Jersey to Maine, from Maine to Oklahoma, from Oklahoma to South Carolina. And it, since I'm getting ready to pass the church here in South Carolina, I, he was going to find me at the church too. So I had to face those fears and say, no, I'm going to face all this, these, these bad bills, all these judgments, all this bad credit. I'm going to, I'm, these bad habits, I got to face this and conquer it. You cannot conquer anything you keep running from. If you're going to have victory, you got to face it. You can't defeat any enemy you will not face. Notice I did not say that you will not fight. I said you will not face. Because if you face it, most times you won't have to fight it. Because if you face it, God... God wants you to face it so he can watch you fight it for, he can watch, so you can watch him fight it for you. Let me say it again. God wants you to face it so you can watch him fight it for you. Most of our battles, many times when God tells us to pursue, he wants us to see what he will do if we will just obey him. Deuteronomy 28 and 7. This, this scripture I was quoting, or one of them I was referencing. It said, the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before what? Before what? Before what? Before your face, not to your back. God wants you to see him defeat your enemies. You cannot see it if you won't face it. 
You cannot see it if you keep running from it. The Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before thy face. Not your back, your face. They shall come out against thee one way, but you're going to see them flee seven ways. James 4 and 7, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will what? So the devil's supposed to be running from us. We're not supposed to be running from the devil. Pastor Marcy was walking around last night talking on a, talking on a speaker or her, uh, AirPods or whatever, and, and, I, and I could hear Minister Joyce on the other end, but apparently they had a time, time here last night. So, I mean, I, I just overheard it, and she started giving me, giving me some headlines of it that somebody showed up here last night demon-possessed. In, in intercessory prayer, but but they left, um, but but they left free, Amen. but they left delivered. Now, if we had the wrong set of intercessors in here, somebody said prayer meeting's over. You can have our church. You you run out your own church and leave the demon in the church because you're scared. We said, I told you years ago in the, in the Pentecostal church, some people didn't, particularly if they weren't used to deliverance, you know, they, was, they used to do this thing. Uh, you know, if, a, if, a demon, if a demon acted up or sounded up or made sound, they would say, get your Bible. Put your Bible on the chest. Everybody grab the Bible. <gasps> Hold the Bible. Plead the blood. Yeah, but everybody go, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood. Come on, really? Sitting up in a church scared, talking about the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. You, you ain't going to defeat no demon like that. Pleading the blood means declaring the blood, not begging the blood. That's what pleading, when we say plead the blood, we say, I declare the blood of Jesus. I declare Satan, the Lord rebuke you. I declare that the blood is against you. I declare you will not ruin or run anything up in here. Demons show up, you got to face them. And again, and many times when demons show up, you ain't, you don't feel, you ain't trying to have no demons. We just out trying to have prayer meeting go home. We ain't trying to do, we ain't trying to do this. Nobody was praying, Father, please send a demon in tonight so we can cast them out. No, we wasn't planning on doing that. But if you show up, we got to deal with you. And the devil's going to show up at inopportune times in your life. Nobody ever dies at a convenient time. Nobody ever gets sick at a convenient time. Are y'all hearing me? They don't come to possess your car when you want them to come possess it. It happens at an inconvenient time, just before you're going to drive into a job interview. Stop. When stuff happens, you got to be you got to you got to be be also ready. You got to be on God at all times. So you got to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he what? He flees from us. But fear keeps us from resisting. Fear has us running. We used to sing a song years ago, said, I got the devil running and I'm so glad that the world can't do me no harm. We're supposed to have the devil running. The devil's not supposed to have us running. So God is not going to change his plans because you're scared. But your fear may delay God's plans. It can cause his plans to be delayed. 
God was planning on getting his children, the children of Israel, into Canaan land. He promised their forefathers, starting with Abraham. They delayed it by 40 years, but God promised it was going to come true. Joshua and Caleb said, let's go up at once. The rest of them said, no, we're not able to go up. So it was delayed. God didn't change his mind because you're scared. But it can cause you, cause the promises to be delayed. God encourages us to, we got to push past our fears with courage. You got to step towards your promise despite your fears. Step towards your promises. Promises, I said this today by the Spirit of God. Promises have to be pursued. Promises don't manifest just because the promise was made. The promises of God have to be pursued. That's why God says things like, put me in remembrance of my word. Do you, do you believe what I promise you? Then pursue it. Promises have to be pursued. Look at Genesis 13, 14 through 17. Genesis 13, 14 through 17. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot was separated from him, God spoke to him first in Genesis 12, leave your mother and father, your kindred, go to land I will show you. He gave him some headlines, but then he didn't fully comply because he took Lot with him, who was a nephew. That sounded like kindred to me. And then after Lot left him, now God gives him more specifics about what he said. Many times the reason why God's not giving you any further instructions because you haven't fully complied with the first instructions. Let me say that again. Many times the reason why you're not hearing further instruction because you haven't fully complied with the first instructions. I said to somebody recently, somebody told me they were questioning the word of God uh, and questioning whether the word's true because, you know, there's so many, I heard that, they heard that lost books and there's other books that maybe we don't have. I said, but we sure got enough with these 66, don't we? I said, come on, if you can't do the 66, why you want 68? Pursuit is the act or action of going after something. If we really desire something, we pursue it. In this teaching, Bishop Herbert Bailey shows us things that can keep us from pursuing God like we should be. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for proof of desire. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.